called. A three-part series on discipleship is what I want to speak on this morning and for the next couple of weeks. You know, one of the great tragedies that the modern church, where we fail as a whole, is in outreach. In All it takes is looking at, at churches, either lack of growth or maybe just not any programs put in place uh, for growth in, in itself. How many know that to be the case? You look around, and that wasn't always the case. Uh, we, we still have mega churches, 10,000 seat arenas, or even 20,000 in Texas with Joel Osteen and others, which is just an unbelievable number. And, and God bless them, and God, you know, take care of those mega churches. I like the smaller churches myself. I want to be able to connect with people on a personal level. And that's the beauty of having smaller churches. But the, the, the problem is we've failed in reaching out to churches nowadays, to non-believers. And then what I want to also talk about this morning is discipling those believers once they come in. And as that video was showing, Peter... Here, he had this invitation by Jesus, and he's telling him, Hey, look, follow me, and we're going to be fishers of men. And, and all Peter knew was to be a fisherman, uh, of a fish. That's all he knew. And here comes Jesus telling him, Let's go fishing. And, and Peter's going, what are, you, are you nuts? I've been out there all day. And you want me to go back out there? He goes, I just want an hour of your time. You know, the Lord only needs a moment of your time to transform your life from, good, from bad to good, doesn't He? How many have seen that in their life where God has transformed something in your way of thinking, maybe just transformed you, lifted you out of the deep miry clay, as that song says, and brought you onto His, his feet to stay, amen? He's placed you on a, on a solid foundation. So one of the things that we do, I feel well in our church, is we do outreach. We, we have a couple of major ones every year. We just finished one last week for Easter, which is with the community. We reach hundreds of people for their annual spring egg hunt, they call it. Uh, they can't use the term Easter. They can't use the term Resurrection Sunday, obviously, because it's sanctioned by the city. But we help them put that on. We provide a bounce house, and we're a visible presence there. We were the only church represented there in American Canyon this last week, which I thought was amazing because the last couple of years there was always at least one other church. Again, to my point, we fail to make impact in our generation. So I'm glad to let you know that we are making an impact. People that come to our church or even there at that event, they were telling me, oh, I see your signs. I see your signs. See, those signs are there for a reason. Number one, to get you here, but they're also there strategically to plant a seed in their heart so that at some point they remember, oh yeah, I saw that sign, Foothill Christian, American Canyon, I know where they meet. So we do that annually. We also uh, do the outreach uh, movies in the park where we reach uh, every Friday night, the week after school gets out, for about eight weeks straight, we have Friday movies in the park. We set up with the city of American Canyon. We minister to hundreds of people there. Almost every single Friday, there's hundreds of people there. How many have been there and helped out? Raise your hand if you've been there. Amen. It's a huge blessing to uh, not only our church, but for the community. 
Those are ways we help out. We also minister internationally. We go to, down to Mexico, and this past year in December, uh, those of us that pray at the altar, I saw miracles taking place right there in the altar. People being delivered of drugs, people being delivered of different challenges that the, that the devil has thrown at them. But how many know that God is powerful? God is greater than anything that can come against you. Amen? And so we were praying there, and so, so our church is part of that outreach. And we're able to minister to people and help them to get going on their new walk with the Lord. We work with a church down there, and then they are to disciple them. All right, We help them lead them to the Lord. And that was a great, great privilege for, for those that went down to Mexico to do that. But this morning, I want to ask you that question again. Have you been called? And what does that mean? Have you been called? Has the Lord... At some point in your life, if you weren't raised in church, did he speak to you and say, Hey, follow me. Follow me. It's that simple. Did he speak to you in a church? Did he speak to you at home? For many of us, it was a home experience. Watching a TV program, listening to a a preacher on TV or the radio. Many of us have had that experience. Others, it was coming to an altar in a church when you heard that distinct call of, Lord telling you, follow me, follow me. And let me tell you, that's the beginning of the most wonderful journey your life will ever, ever take. And this morning, before we go any further, if, we, if I can have you stand with me, I want to read one verse from Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verses 4 through 19. I'm actually going to read from the New Kings. New King James Version. I like the way this one is uh, said. And Matthew 4.19, say amen if you have it. Amen. Amen. And you should have it because it's on your outline. I made it really simple. All right. And it's even behind me. Look at that. Thank you, Raquel. And it says this. And he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Lord, your word endures forever. It never changes. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that you have called us to have a relationship with you, number one. But Lord, called us into ministry, all of us here, every single one of us. And Lord, I pray for your words of anointing this morning that the people here would have an ear to hear and that I would be able to declare what that word is today in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them again, God is good. good. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I will make you fishers of men. There's, There's some truth going on, number one there, is number one, he's extending an invitation. Um, Many of you go to birthday parties, and the first thing that you become aware of is an invitation, right? You get an invitation in the mail, you get an invitation personally, they hand it to you, and that's how it starts. You get invited. Now, it's up to you to go to that party or go to that wedding, whatever that invitation may be. But they've extended you the courtesy of inviting you. Amen? We've all been invited like that. Jesus is no different. Jesus, I want to tell you this morning, is a gentleman. Everybody say, Jesus is a gentleman. gentleman. He is. Because He will never ever force you to do anything that you don't want to do. 
He will always extend an invitation and say, follow me. But he will never force you. He'll never drag you into his SUV. He'll never drag you into his house of worship. You come willingly. Amen? Every one of you here came willingly today. So he said, follow me to Peter. And here Peter, he, he had heard about Jesus there's, there's uh, no wondering there. He had heard about the miracles that Jesus had performed. But he's looking at him like, well, what are we going to do? I'm a fisherman. And you may say the same thing today. Well, what am I going to do? I- I'm just a office assistant. I'm just a production manager. I'm just a retiree. Who am I? Well, you're very important in the kingdom of God. Every one of you, from the youngest to the oldest in this place, you are a vital piece of God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. He's asking you this morning, will you follow him? Will you follow him? And I made a statement that you're all ministers. And here's what I want to declare to you, that if you don't know this already... The Word of God, when you get called, you know, there's, there's a confusion here. Uh, there can be that you can look at me and say, well, that's the pastor. He's the one that's called, and there's no doubt I have been called to do this, to perform this task of being your pastor. This is our church, and together we grow. Amen? Amen. But you also are ministers. Every one of you have a ministry. And just by that, you're ministers. Every single one of you. Well, Pastor, I don't teach a Bible study. Well, I I don't get up and, and do worship. That's all right. That's just a facet of ministry. You may have a ministry at the hospital you work in, at the retirement home you work in, at the laundromat where you go do your laundry by ministering to other people by being uh, a light of Christ to other people in time of need. That's a ministry. By praying for people, one of the greatest ministries you could possibly have is just praying, being a prayer warrior. Those are all ministries and by that definition you're ministers. I as the pastor am the administer. There's a, there's a difference. An administer. But you each are ministers of the gospel. Everywhere you go, your light, the, the light of Christ, should shine before all men. Doesn't the Bible say that? So everywhere you go, you're ministering. Everywhere you go. You go to uh, have lunch at Black Bear or breakfast, you're a light of Christ. Everywhere you go. Your conversation there, the people that overhear that conversation, they should be going... There's some Christian folk right there having, having breakfast, having lunch. Um, wherever you go, your light shines before you. Amen? So again, you're ministers. Here's the, here's the truth, though. When God calls us, see, we're saved. We become saved at that point. That's step one. But yet, many of us can be saved, but not be completely surrendered. Not be completely surrendered. Everybody say surrender. Surrender. Do, do this for me if you can. Raise your hands up like this. The universal sign of? Surrender. Surrender. Okay, you can put your hands down. Everybody, I don't care what country you're from, you recognize that universal symbol right there. That's what the Lord is looking for, for, for from each of us today. It's just a, a 100% total surrender to Him. He's not wanting 50% of you. 
He's not wanting 75% of you. He's wanting 100% surrender. And that's what Peter started to understand. Now, did he know the process of how he was going to be a fisher of mankind at that moment? Of course not. Just like each of you, you may have read the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, that God has a plan and a purpose for you, right? And Which he does. But do you understand how all that works? Of course not. If you are, you're a prophet, and I want to hear from you. Come, come talk to me after service. But again, we learn, we mature, we walk through those challenges, through that journey. Amen? So again, we must surrender to Christ in total obedience. And that's what the Lord wants out of each of us. And, and, as, and as that, here's, here's one of the problems that we can fear in church. I fear that today many people can view the invitation of Jesus as something just to consider or to pursue. Have you ever met that person, you ask them to do something, you know, or ask them, you share something with them, and they'll tell you, well, let me pray about that. Let me pray about that. That's a common thing in the church, right? Well, let me pray about that. You know, if Jesus says, come and follow me, There's no discussion. You don't need to pray about that. Let me just remind you here today. There are certain truths that are evident that are just plain as can be. There's no discussion there. If if an unbeliever is together with a non-believer, I don't have to have you pray about that. The word of the Lord says that the unbeliever has nothing in common with the non-believer. Amen? And, and so for you to tell me that you need to pray about that, um, wait a minute, let's get back to the Word. Amen? Amen? Amen. So when God speaks to us, there's no necessity for praying about it. If God spoke it, receive it. Just receive it. Amen? And that's what we see Peter doing in that clip we just watched of the video where he comes out and begins to follow Jesus. I love that clip. That's one of my favorite clips from that movie. Again, our obligation then is to follow him. Just as our obligation is when we receive a a birthday invitation, a wedding invitation. Our obligation then is to, okay, let's, let's make it happen. We're planning the being the, on being there. We're, we're going to get a gift and we're going to follow and be at that party on such and such day. That's our part of the bargain. That's it. Just, just really showing up. And that was part of this calling to to Peter and the disciples. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It involves participation from every one of us. See, it's not just the pastor that does the work. It's all of you. And all of you, again, uh, I love our church because we are a giving church of our, of our time, our talents, and our treasures. If I ask any of you to help me out in anything, you respond to it. You respond to it. And, and I appreciate that. And again, that's how a healthy church functions. Amen? We, we all need each other. Here's the, the great, tu- great truth in the calling, though. The Son of the living God, Jesus himself, has called each one of them and is going to equip each one of them for the job at hand, the task at hand, for your ministry. So you say to me, Pastor Rick, I don't have a ministry. Yes, you do. You just don't know what it is yet. Ask God to share with you what that ministry is. It could just be at your workplace, meeting and, and praying with other people there. 
that come up to you and say, man, I'm having a tough day today. It could be uh, that person in your family that comes to you and has an issue, uh, some relational issue, and it's up to you to come and pray for that person now and speak into their life. That's a ministry. That's a ministry. God will equip you and give you the words to speak to someone. Have you ever experienced that? Where God has given you the words to share with someone? How many of you have experienced that? Raise your hand if that's true. All of us here at different times have experienced that. But here's the wonderful truth. Once you, once you step your feet in there, once you get into that pool of following the Lord, you're, you're obligated not to follow Him. I want to follow Him. So where's He going? Now I need to trust Him, right? Because you don't know where that road's taking you. You have no idea how this is going to work out. How many have been there where you've trusted the Lord? You're, you're trusting Him because, Lord, I don't know where I'm going right now. All I know is I'm obeying Your Word right now. I'm trusting You that what I'm doing now is what You want for my life. When you do that, that's called total dependency on the Lord. See, prior to that, Peter in that clip, he, he didn't depend on the Lord. He depended on who? Himself. He, what did he tell Jesus? There's no fish out there. How, why would he say that? Because of his experience of what he knew to be true. He was only depending on what his brain told him. What his past experience had told him. But now the Lord is stepping into his life saying, No, forget that. I want you to trust me. Follow me. See, when you follow someone, you have to trust them, don't you? You really have to trust them. And for good or bad, here in this case, the Lord will not steer you wrong. He will not uh, take you to a place that He will not equip you to be able to do the job you need to do. Amen? Amen. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. As Peter and Andrew followed the Lord, the Bible says, He promised to make them fishers of men. See, you weren't automatically equipped to minister. None of you are here, including myself. You weren't automatically equipped to minister. You have to be taught. You have to be shown how. You have to be discipled. And that's one of the great things that we, uh, that I love to do here is to disciple people, to teach them foundational truths. And a little bit more about that here in a few minutes. But in order to be effective in the work that they were called to perform, they would have to totally depend upon Jesus. Have you been depending upon Jesus lately? Have you been at any point in your life, whether it's a physical struggle, a, a work struggle, and you're saying, Lord, I'm dependent on you right now because there's no other, there's no other alternative here. I'm depending on you. And that's ultimately what the Lord wants for each of us is to get to the end of our rope where we're saying, Lord, my health I need to trust in you. My relationships, I need to trust in you. I don't know how this is all going to work out. I can't even see how this can work out. But Lord, I'm trusting you that you're going to take care of this today. Amen? Amen. They, the disciples, just like us, they did not contain or possess the, the ability to be successful in ministry. And it would never happen apart from the Lord imparting into them, from the Lord teaching them, showing them. How many years did they walk with the Lord? Three years. Every time I do this, I want to go like this. That's the warrior's three-point sign, sorry. (laughs) 
But three years, they walked with the Lord. They followed with Him. They learned from Him at the Master's feet. Great, great lessons. I mean, how much you and I would give to just be able to physically walk day by day, but we do have that same privilege today through His Word. Amen? We should be dependent upon the Lord. Amen? When we remain dependent upon the Lord, we're filled with strength, with confidence, with wisdom. God grants you wisdom. See, God granted wisdom to the disciples in how to be fishers of men. Have you ever uh, been to a place where you're saying, Lord, I need wisdom right now and how to, how to have this conversation with so-and-so? Because it's, it's so, you know, it could sway one way or the other and, and you need wisdom. Have you ever been there? And the Lord gives you wisdom. He will when you ask Him. That's what Peter and Andrew and no doubt the rest of the disciples asked for consistently from Jesus is, Lord, grant us wisdom that we can understand. And, and that's what we need to be doing. And because of that, when we ask for wisdom, not only do we get instructed, but now, here's the great, great news is, many of you here might think, okay, that's great, now I'm learning to become a minister in this area. But it's not just for you. The great news is, now you're supposed to use that blessing to help disciple other people right beside you. Here's what I would like to see in our church, is I would like to see 10 more Wayne and Irene's. I would like to see 10 more Dan and Brenda's. And on and on, I would like to see 10 more Ed and Betty's. And, and so forth. The people that come in and just are giving of their time, their talents and treasures that have surrendered to God and said, Yeah, Lord, you come first. What do you need from me? I'll follow you. If a church is filled with those kind of people, look out, right? Look out, right, brother? Look out. The church is powerful in that sense. The church is a... Is a, is a, is a powerful, Holy Ghost-filled church at that point, because we've surrendered to Christ. And that's what I want for, from each of you. I want us to be able to duplicate ourselves. I'm always hoping that, you know, we can, I can have other Pastor Ricks in our church. Uh, that's my prayer. I want other Pastor Ricks. I want other I, I, people I just mentioned, Robert and Nessies in this church. I want more of each of you here because I see the great qualities that each of you have. And if we had churches filled like that, oh my goodness, look out. Amen. Amen. Mark 1 and verse 17 says something similar to what we just read. But I want to read to you also uh, a New King James Version. It says this, And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Notice how it says, and I. I know in the NIV it says it a little bit differently. But don't miss the point here. Jesus is the one that helps us to become the fishers of men. Not you, not your schooling, not the background, not the church you go to. Jesus does by His Holy Spirit. He will help you to become the fishers of men that you should be. Amen? And in that process... We learn, we learn to mature. I don't know about you, but when I first became a believer in my late 20s, mid-20s, uh, I was not a mature person, nor a mature Christian at that point. I can tell you that things that I see now, I would not have handled anything close to that in my 20s. There's no way. 
Any of you relate to that? And that's called maturity, right? And each of us as parents and grandparents, we see in our kids as they get older and and they stumble and they see things and and do things and you're going, well, they're maturing. They're they're on the same path I was and they got to face challenges just like I did and they got to stumble through that process. And it, it kills us as parents when we see those things, right? But unfortunately, you and I walked the same path years ago and we finally get to that point of maturity where we can understand and say, aha, I understand. I see it. But that comes from following Christ. Amen? It comes from trusting in Him. It comes from being dependent on Him this morning. You don't have to be completely mature spiritually to be a disciple of Christ. Did you know that here today? You don't have to be completely mature because God can use anybody. God used a donkey in the Old Testament. Amen? That's another story for another time. But if God can use a donkey, He can certainly use you and I. Amen? You do not have to be completely spiritually mature to help disciple others, to help reach others in your community. Because I've heard this many times. Oh, I I, I don't know what to say, Pastor Rick. If I meet somebody and how to minister, how to witness, I wouldn't know what to say. Hey, get in line. A lot of people don't know what to say. But God will give you the words to say if you ask Him. Have you asked God to give you wisdom? Have you prayed and said, Lord, show me what I should say. Show me how I should say it. And maybe help me to pray with Him. God will in that moment provide the words for you. I promise you. You do not have to be spiritually mature to be used by Christ and be effective in His kingdom. There's many examples of that in the Bible. There's the, the priority in the call. See, the priority is that Jesus would make us fishers of men. That was the priority. Jesus would, not you and I, but Jesus would. He would make you fishers of men. And every one of you that come to church when these doors are open, every one of you that come to Wednesday night Bible studies, and I want to encourage you to come to Trails 1000. If you have not been become a member of our church, come Wednesday night. I need to have you there. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Trails 1000. In the past, we've had uh, our Napa campus pastor, Pastor Steve, Nally preach that or teach that class. I'm going to teach that class this Wednesday. I'd love to have you there. And for those of you that have taken it, you're more than welcome to come and just fellowship with us and go over that. It's just review for you. But I need to have you there. And there's a sign-up sheet on the back. Please sign up for it because I want to know who's coming. I want to be prepared for that. And uh, I hope to see you there. But the priority, getting back to the priority, Jesus would make us fishers of men. See, do you, do you believe that Peter was, was zealous and committed when he was a fisherman prior to that? Do you believe he, he gave 100% to what he did as a fisherman? I, I believe that. I believe he gave his all. Why? Because that was his trade. That was his profession. That's how he ate. That's how he put food on the table. That's how he was a blessing to his family. So I believe... Not only did he take that zealousness because the Bible tells us Peter was a very strong-headed, hard-headed person, strong-willed, hard-headed person. And I believe he took those same qualities and translated them into ministry. 
God takes your strengths, whatever they may be, and uses those for ministry. Amen? <clears throat> you have the, the ability to communicate with other people. God can use that. Do you have the ability musically? God can use that. Do you have the ability to feed people? God can use that. I can use that. Every one of us are blessed with some talent. Every one of you. I want you to say this with me. I have a talent. Every one of you have at least one talent. At least. Many of you are blessed with multiple, multiple talents. God has richly blessed you. But I can promise you and assure you of this. God has given you talents here. And they're not just for you to use. They're to be used in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. And then the next thing, next point I want to bring up is to be engaged. To be engaged. Be in the moment. Again, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Here's a, here's a simple truth. Peter's boat, Peter the fisherman would never catch any fish as long as his boat was tied up on the shore. If you have a boat today and crab season just started, you'll never catch any crab if that boat is sitting in the harbor. Never. You've got to put it into action. You've got to be engaged. One of the great things I love about where I work at, this company called The Perfect Puree of Napa Valley, is that we have high quality, high level of, of workers there. They, they really have a high standard, hence the name. It starts with the owner, but the, the point is that people take ownership of any duty. It's not a place where they go... Oh, that's not my responsibility. That's so-and-so's. If they see the need, they take ownership and just do it. And I love that about the place I work at because I do it and everybody there is expected to do that. That's what we do as a church, amen? We take ownership here. And that's what I want to share with each of you here today. As disciples, we take ownership. I love that about our church. And, and I want you to be, continue to be engaged and, and, and assume complete ownership of whatever God has given you, whatever talent He has given you. Amen? Amen. We must actively, actively be engaged in ministry. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men is what the emphasis was of Jesus' message. See, Jesus was going to show these people much in those three years. He was going to show them much. And here's the thing. Many of these people that he was going to speak to didn't know him. Like, like the clip says again, I'm going to go back to the clip. Jesus said, follow me. And, and Peter was basically going, why? Why? Many people don't know why they should follow Jesus. They don't know. It's up to us to tell them, to share that with them. God uses you. You are the hands and feet and and the mouthpiece of the Lord today in addition to His Word. Amen? Every one of you have been commissioned by the Lord. When He called you, when He called every one of you, He then said, okay, you're my witnesses now. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that all of the people that were called and filled with the Holy Spirit they from that point on were his witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Every one of you are witnesses. 
Witnesses of what? Of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The transforming power of what he's done in your life. That's why I always tell you when you share with someone, tell them your testimony. Tell them what's, what God is doing in your life. Why, why should I? Because nobody can take that away from you. See, somebody can't argue that if you share a testimony. If you try telling them a scripture... To a non-believer, they might question you and throw you for a loop and and try to uh, mislead you, but they can't question your testimony. God is doing great and mighty things in each of your lives here today. Continue to use your testimony and how God is giving you strength, giving you wisdom, giving you knowledge when you needed it. Amen? Amen. Here this morning, and and I wanted to keep it short this morning intentionally but we're going to follow up with communion and uh, in closing here I just want to make sure that each of us grasp the significance of following Jesus the significance see he's called us to a lifelong work yes he's called me as your pastor this is my calling uh, I work at this company I just mentioned. That puts food and, and bread on my table. But my passion is this. This is what God has called me to do. This is my task as your pastor. Each of us. <laughs> amen. Amen. But each of us should have that same pursuit of God that same significance in our areas of ministry amen see Jesus called us to a lifelong work a lifelong challenge and the beautiful thing in that is that he promises to walk with you wherever you go he's never going to leave you alone that's a beautiful comforting thought no matter what you're facing no matter what you're going through he walks with you our emphasis in life because of that should be to become fishers of men. And of course, when I say men, I'm talking about mankind, okay? Fishers of men. That is what every one of us as believers, our task, our ministry should be to be fishers of men. Our task shouldn't be the, to be the best karaoke singer in the world, although that's great, nothing wrong with that. Our task shouldn't be to, the, to be the best, you know amateur softball player on the planet although that's great if you are let me know when you're playing I'll go watch you our task and our passion should be to be a fisher of men to plant the seed of God's word to plant the seed of God's goodness into the lives of other people around us that's where my heart aches to see more people in here and and each of you discipled and, and being at Wednesday night Bible studies. Being here every time you have that opportunity, when you can, be here as much as you are able. And God will, will walk with you and, and show you some amazing things by you being so completely open and sold out to Him, saying, Lord, I am 100% dependent on you. And, and the people that I know that do that are so amazingly blessed. Amen? See, here's the conclusion in all this the call is very simple yet most never respond see God is talking to millions of people out here today millions of people if not billions but most will never respond wide is the gate that leads to destruction but narrow is the path that leads to eternal life amen 
most people will refuse this. I've shared this gospel with many, many, many people, knocked on their doors, spoken to them, and they will mock it, laugh at it, reject it. And for me, as I pray for them and walk away, to know that they will face an eternity in hell, not because they rejected my words, but because they rejected Jesus Christ. That is saddening to me. And that is where we live at today. Church, I need you to be disciples, to be ministers in your area, your area of influence. Every one of you have a great area of influence. And each one of you can minister to people that others here can't. Ask the Lord every, every morning, Lord, give me the words to speak to someone today, that I might share your word, that I might share hope today and speak life into other people. Amen? But here this morning, I want to ask you a couple questions. Number one, are you willing to follow Jesus and to allow Him to equip you to reach those in need? Let's start with that willingness. Are you willing to do that this morning, church? And then secondly, are you willing to become an obedient disciple to reach the unsaved and invest in the lives of young believers? See, that's what one of the other most important things in a church is having mentors. Mentors is huge, huge. We all need mentors, every one of us. Every one of us need mentors. Everybody say mentor. Mentor. It's important. You see a, a young person in our church, even an older person, come up around them and encourage them. That's what Jesus did in ministry all three years. He encouraged them. He came around his disciples. Oh, Peter, how foolish you are. Oh, Thomas, doubting Thomas. And, but then he would come back and encourage these people. That's what you and I are. We should be encouragers to each one of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. I want to ask you that this morning. Are you willing to follow Jesus and allow Him to equip you to reach those in need? Let that be your number one desire, church. Let that be a desire that burns every day in your heart. Every day in your heart. And then finally, you can't be a fisher of men apart from salvation. And it starts there. Everyone here I I know has had a, a, a desire or actually has chosen to follow Christ. And if you're still contemplating that here for some reason, if you're not sure that you've done that, I want to tell you that the greatest thing you can do is to follow Christ. When you become totally dependent on Him and begin to follow Him, He will bless your life. He will will bless it each and every day. Amen? I want you to be encouraged, church, this morning to to want to minister, to have that desire. That's my prayer this morning, that God would grant each of you the desire to minister, to minister to the person next to you, to minister to those at your workplace. Would you do that with me? Would you, can I challenge you to do that? And do that this week and minister to someone. And if you do that, one person this week, another person next week, and then maybe a, a person every day, a different person every day, you will become a powerful force for God. I promise you. God will give you and equip you with everything that you need. Amen? He's not going to leave you alone. Amen. Let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray at this, at this time. Father God, we love you and thank you. Lord, I thank you, God, that you have called me 
as well as everyone here. Lord, you've called us to ministry. Lord, you've called us to live a life of obedience to you. And Father, we do that this morning. We, we do that to the best of our ability. But I pray, Lord, grant us all a desire to witness for you, to become witnesses of the great gospel, the great salvation that we have received. Lord, hell ain't no joke. And Lord, and we need to take that seriously, that not only are we saved from it, but possibly we can help in saving other people from it by the words that we share with them. So Father, empower every one of us, Lord. Give us boldness, give us wisdom to declare your word and declare it in all its truth. And Father, we give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen.